Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. gentlemen and welcome to the Empire Fourth Quarter 2021 conference call. At this time, all lines are in the listen-only mode, but following the presentations, we will conduct a question and answer session. If at any time during this call you require immediate assistance, please press star zero for the operator. Also note that the call is being recorded on Wednesday, June 23, 2021. And I would like to turn the conference over to Katie Bryan, Director, Investor Relations. Please go ahead. Thank you, Sylvie. Good afternoon, and thank you all for joining us for our fourth quarter conference call. Today, we will provide summary comments on our results and then open the call for questions. This call is being recorded, and the audio recording will be available on the company's website at empireco.ca. There is a short summary document outlining the points of our quarter available on our website. Joining me on the call this afternoon are Michael Medline, President and CEO, Michael Bell, CFO and Pierre St. Laurent, Chief Operating Officer, Full Service. Today's discussion includes forward-looking statements. We caution that such statements are based on management's assumptions and beliefs and are subject to uncertainties and other factors that could cause actual results to just materially. I refer you to our news release and MD&A for more information on these assumptions and factors. I will now turn the call over to Michael Medline. Thanks, Katie, and good afternoon, everyone. Uh, last year's Q4 results were unprecedented. We were at the peak of COVID panic buying. We saw off the chart sales and margin growth. So we knew last year's results were gonna be challenging to repeat, but we did match them. There are three things you should take away from our results today. One, we're making consistent progress on executing Project Horizon. It's how we matched last year's outstanding results. Two, we're driving real sales growth. Three, we're maintaining good cost control even while investing more in our business. Our strong cash flows allow us to make these investments while returning more money to you, our owners. Like all of you, I hope things get back to normal soon. Most importantly, for the safety of our frontline teammates and customers in our country. But also, because when we return to normal, you will see clearly what a fundamentally stronger company we are. I wanna cover four topics today. Our capital allocation strategy, our Q4 results, our future grocery market expectations, and our progress on Project Horizon. First, capital allocation. Mike and I have discussed this with you a lot over the last four plus years. We are strong believers in the power of a well-executed capital allocation strategy. The strength that we have built in our operations and merchandising, plus our strategic investments in renovating our stores, farm boy business, fresh gold expansion, voila, and now longos have put us in an enviable position. When Mike and I joined Empire, we lacked rigor here in our approach to capital projects. Today, our team has the capability to effectively manage capital in our organization. We have shown we can identify great projects with very good returns, and we deliver on them consistently. Over this time, we have also made two excellent acquisitions, reduced our net debt, and achieved an investment grade rating from our credit agency. 
returning capital to shareholders is an important part of our strategy. It's why we have continued to increase the dividend and have been buying back shares. To that end, today we announced a 15.3% increase in Empire's quarterly dividend per share, commensurate with our strong cash flows and continued and growing confidence in our business. We also believe that share buybacks are a useful tool to utilize excess cash. Today we announced that we had renewed our NCIB to repurchase up to 8.5 million shares or 5% of our outstanding shares. Combined with the prior NCIB, this enables us to buy back the shares issued for the Longos acquisition and more beyond that. <clears throat> and we are doing this while still investing in future growth. For fiscal 22, we will increase our capital spend to $765 million, which includes Longos capital projects. Capital will be deployed to renovate and refresh current stores, continue to build out our Farm Boy network in Ontario and our discount network in Western Canada advance our e-commerce expansion, and invest in advanced technology. All high-return, dependable investments. And Mike will walk through all this in more detail with you in a second. Now on to our Q4 results. As a reminder, we are the first Canadian grocer to publicly anniversary the extreme stock-up phase of COVID last year. More than two-thirds of our Q4 last year was impacted by the most extreme levels of stock-up buying behavior we've ever seen. Same-store sales last year were high and volatile, ranging from a week that declined in sales to a week with growth of 52%, resulting in unprecedented 18% year-over-year growth that quarter. With that in mind, we are very pleased with our performance this quarter and throughout fiscal 21. Our two-year sales stack for Q4 same-store sales was 10.4%. Because of the extreme COVID impact on results last year, we believe a comparison to two years ago is a more meaningful indicator of real growth. This quarter, our sales declined 1.3% and our same-store sales was negative 6.1%. Well, you know I don't like negative numbers, but don't think anyone expected to see a repeat of last year. In e-commerce, Q4 last year saw our established IGA.net and Thrifty Foods businesses grow sevenfold. As expected, we saw these e-commerce businesses slow from these highs in Q4 this year, as all established e-commerce players will experience when comparing to the start of the pandemic last year. However, even with last year's extreme growth, in Q4 we still grew overall e-commerce sales by 15%. This remarkable net positive increase was driven by the exponential growth of our new Voila business in the GTA. And I'll speak more on our progress on Voila in a moment. COVID also had a large impact on gross margin last year, driven by sales mix and customer behaviors. Last year, inventory shortages reduced our supplier partner's ability to provide promotional items, and customers shifted toward full service for a one-stop shop. In Q4 this year, we held our gross margin rate flat to last year without the same extreme COVID tailwind. The recovery of our service departments and Horizon initiatives, particularly our promotional optimization, offset the sales mix impact from the prior year to achieve this. And this year, combined with our Sunrise and early Horizon benefits, we delivered a record high rate of 25.5%, our highest gross margin as far back as we can look. Now, this is impressive performance, and I'm so proud of the margin discipline we've built in this company over the last four years. EBITDA margin rate was 7.4% this quarter. The real story here is how we're closing the margin gap to our peers. In fiscal 2017, 
the average gap to our peers was 4.4%. In only four years, we have reduced that gap to about 1.9%. That translates to an increase in adjusted EBITDA margin dollars of approximately 170%, a colossal achievement for our team. We've shown we can drive meaningful, sustainable margin improvement, and we will continue to reduce this gap through Project Horizon. And we will not stop there, but we'll work to pass our competitors. Now to our expectations looking ahead. As more Canadians receive their COVID vaccinations, we expect to see three things. First, we expect many Canadians to gradually shift some spend back to restaurant and hospitality industries as lockdowns ease, workplaces reopen, and social gatherings resume. Second, many customers will start to shop more often and shift their basket mix. We expect basket size will decline somewhat and transaction counts will increase somewhat as some customers become more comfortable shopping multiple banners. Customers will also return to buying more prepared food and visiting our service counters as they reopened. We are already starting to see these trends in our stores. Third, we expect the split between full service and discount banners will stabilize but not return to pre-pandemic norms. We have revamped many of our full-service stores and believe customers more than ever see the value in our full-service offering. In Q4, we saw some impact to our market share as some customers returned to shopping multiple banners as they began to feel a little safer. But we expect to hold on to substantial market share gains as COVID subsides. We have also noticeably grown our discount presence, adding over 1 million square feet to the discount network in Western Canada to meet the evolving needs of the customers. In Ontario, we now have 95 stores, and in Western Canada, we have 40 locations confirmed, and we are on track to have about 48 stores open by the end of fiscal 23. As COVID subsides and Canada is able to safely reopen, we believe we are very well positioned to meet these changing customer needs with our diverse network and well-aligned offering. While we expect the grocery industry will shift towards some pre-pandemic ways, we do not believe it will fully return to the way it was. And we've been pretty accurate in our projections over the last while since the pandemic started. We've been pretty open with you. Finally, an update on Project Horizon. As of this quarter, we are one year into our three-year strategy. I am pleased that we are on track to deliver our goal of $500 million of incremental EBITDA and 100 basis points of EBITDA margin improvement over the three years. Despite some early delays due to COVID, our team has done an impressive job catching up on key initiatives. For example, our promotion optimization initiative continues to drive early results. Other initiatives like strategic sourcing are well established from Project Sunrise, but continue to build efficiencies and improve our bottom line. And I'll share a few updates right now on key strategic initiatives. First, we closed on our purchase of 51% of Longo's, including Grocery Gateway on May 10th. We are thrilled to welcome the Longo's team to the Empire family. This acquisition is important to our strategy to grow our presence in the key Greater Toronto area, where we have historically been underpenetrated. As well, the addition of Grocery Gateway complements our goal to win grocery e-commerce in Canada. Second, Farm Boy. May 17th marked the halfway point in achieving our commitment to double Farm Boy store base within five years. We opened seven new stores in fiscal 21. One store opened one week into fiscal 22. In fiscal 22, we expect to open seven net new stores. We continue to be extremely pleased with our acquisition of Farmboy, which has grown its industry-leading same-store sales growth since we acquired them. 
Finally, voila, my view on voila does not change quarter to quarter. We have the best solution and are more confident than ever in it. Yesterday marks the one-year anniversary of the first delivery to a customer, and that customer was me. And one year in, our average customer shops twice a month, and their basket size is 3.8 times greater than the average bricks-and-mortar basket. As I said, Voila is growing quickly. Over the last year, we've worked hard to build our workforce of talented delivery teammates fast enough to keep up with growing demand. Even still, our core performance metrics have remained above target. We remain on track to open our second customer fulfillment center in Montreal in early 22. This is expected to be even smoother than our GTA, COC. We already have customers helping us to scale faster. And we're very pleased with our store pick solution, very pleased with it. And we've launched in 30 stores in fiscal 21. And as we continue to build our COC network across Canada, the store pick solution allows us to quickly offer e-commerce in regions where CFCs will not deliver or are not yet built. We need to be able to serve customers where, when, and how they want to shop. And by the end of fiscal 22, we expect to have up to 120 stores, which means we'll have e-commerce options in every province. We are well positioned to win grocery e-commerce in Canada. You know, sometimes I hear concerns we're doing too much, and maybe for some companies that would be a problem. But we've assembled the best team in Canadian retail. There is talent and structure in our organization that we never had before. We have bandwidth and see more opportunities to grow sales, improve margins, and reduce costs. With that said, although we continue to find new opportunities to improve our business, our focus right now remains on horizon. Besides, we need to leave some upside for our next three-year strategy. And as a final note, I want to take this moment to wish the best to Canada's athletes heading to the Olympic Games in Tokyo this summer. Sobeys is the official and exclusive grocer of Team Canada, and I am so proud of the work we're doing to support our athletes. With that, I'll hand it over to Mike. Thanks, Michael. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, I'll provide some additional color on our results, our expectations for capital expenditures in fiscal 22, and some comments on expectations for, um, for next year. Um, as Michael noted, we do believe the two-year stack is the best way to interpret our results as we start comparing to timeframes that are particularly distorted due to COVID shopping behaviors. During COVID, we grew our sales and market share to a level we didn't expect to see for several years, reflected in the 10.4% increase in same-store sales from the fourth quarter two years ago. Our gross margin rate uh, was, uh, was very strong. And as Michael said, the fact that we were able to match last year's strong COVID stock up driven rate shows the positive impact of our horizon initiatives and the focus on sustaining the margin focus in our teams. We continue to sustainably improve our gross margin performance as demonstrated by the increase of 150 basis points in our annual gross margin rate since sunrise began in fiscal 2018. We're now over two years into the expansion of discount in the West. We've opened 28 Freshco discount stores in Western Canada, 26 of them conversions of old food service stores. All stores opened in our first year continue to improve their results and in aggregate are performing better than the full service stores they replaced. After we opened the first stores in the first year, we focused on operational improvements and margin management. As a result of that experience gained, stores that open in our second year 
are performing better than those opened in the first. While the absolute net earnings of the discount business in Western Canada has been relatively immaterial to total earnings so far, we are seeing strong improvement in EBITDA and sales compared to the full service stores that they replaced. This quarter, there were some significant items in SGNA, which resulted in our SGNA as a percentage of sales being 20 basis points higher than last year. Not all of these items, however, will occur in the future to the same degree. We had higher, higher incentive payments to our teammates in stores, distribution centers, and backstage. We do not expect to see these expenses at the same levels in fiscal 22. The new Voila business now has its full back office SGNA and supply chain costs reflected in the company's total SGNA at significantly higher rates from when we initially launched to customers a year ago yesterday. And these expenses will continue and will grow with the business. We also didn't see the same amount of sales leverage that arose due to higher sales in the stock up period last year. And through the last year, we also hired new store personnel all the way through fiscal 21 to manage store safety and sanitization, which has increased our store labor SGNA. And finally, right of use asset depreciation under IRFRS 16 is higher than last year, reflecting an increase in occupancy costs. While not as material, we also had longer closing costs this quarter, which will not be repeated. These SGNA increases were partially offset by lower COVID costs and benefits from our strategic sourcing initiatives. The temporary lockdown bonus of $9 million paid to teammates in regions that had government mandated lockdowns this quarter was less than the hero pay paid to all teammates last year. We expect SGNA expenses in the first quarter related to the increased costs of maintaining sanitization and safety measures and other COVID expenditures to be between 50 and $20 million, less than the first quarter amount last year of $67 million. This quarter's effective income tax rate was 19.7%. As outlined in our news release, our income tax rate for the quarter was impacted by some revaluations of tax balances, not all of which will recur in the future. Excluding these adjustments, we expect our tax rate for the quarter would have been between 24 and 25%. The effective income tax rate for the full year was 25.8%. And excluding the effect of any unusual transactions or differential tax rates on property sales, we're estimating that the effective income tax rate for fiscal 22 will be between 26 and 28%. Earnings per share includes Four cents per share of voila dilution for the quarter and 18 cents for the year, less than our initial estimate of 20 cents. For fiscal 22, we expect to see improvement in the profitability of CFC1 in Toronto as volumes continue to increase and costs reduce due to improved operational efficiencies. However, voila total costs will increase as CFC2 in Montreal begins operations and Storpic e-commerce is implemented in up to 90 additional stores across the country. In total, we believe that the impact of Walla's continued growth will dilute fiscal 22 net earnings by approximately 25 to 30 cents per share compared to 18 cents this year. Based on our current forecast of sales growth, we expect that fiscal 22 will reflect the highest net earnings dilution of the Walla program 
as CFC1 is expected to begin to reflect positive EBITDA results towards the end of the third year of operations, partially offsetting the impacts of opening new CFCs. Equity earnings increased year over year, mostly due to higher earnings from Crombie REIT, which continues to perform well despite ongoing disruption caused by COVID-19. Crombie has built a solid foundation and are well positioned to continue to deliver with a high quality portfolio, over half of which is anchored by Empire Grocery Banners. 2020 was a big year for Crombie as they saw four major developments reach substantial completion, including our own CFC2 in Montreal. Cash flow generation continues to be strong with free cash flow of $745 million for the year. Our focus on returning cash to our shareholders continues. Today, we announced an increase in Empire's quarterly dividend per share from 13 cents per share to 15 cents, a 15.3% increase. Our dividend per share has grown by a compound annual growth rate of 10.9% over the past three years. We also renewed our share buyback program following buybacks of $153 million in fiscal 21. We intend to more than offset the shares issued as part of the long growth transaction and have, since the year end, already purchased the equivalent of one third of the shares issued in that acquisition. Capital expenditures, of course, are a key element of our capital allocation strategy. Our capital investment for fiscal 21, sorry, our capital investment estimate for fiscal 21 was between 650 to 675 million, and we ended the year at 679 million. For fiscal 22, we expect to invest approximately 765 million back into the business. About half of this investment will be allocated to renovations and new and converted stores, with 10 to 15 Frisco stores opening in Western Canada and seven net new Farm Boy stores in Ontario. We continue to invest in our advanced analytics technology and other technology systems, which will be approximately 15% of the total investment. We will invest approximately $80 million in Voila, which includes our share of the Montreal and Calgary CFC build costs, up to 19 new store pickup locations, additional spokes, and associated investments in technology. This estimate also includes capital for Longo's projects. As we begin fiscal 22, we know the year will continue to be affected by the pandemic, but it's really difficult to predict the net impact of lower results due to COVID and the positive effect of Project Horizon initiatives. We expect that during fiscal 22, same-store sales will reduce somewhat as industry volumes decrease compared to the unusually high industry sales in fiscal 21. Fuel volumes are also expected to increase as we see travel restrictions reduce and economic activity increase. We believe our margin rates will continue to benefit from Horizon initiatives, along with the addition of Longos, which has a higher margin rate than the Empire average. Margin will be partially offset by the effects of sales mix changes between banners due to the expected easing of COVID restrictions. Growth comparisons in fiscal 22 for same-store sales and earnings per share in particular will be affected as we lap a full year of COVID results embedded in fiscal 21. Finally, fiscal 21 is a year we'll certainly never forget. We launched Voila, our home delivery service in the GTA, our store pickup service in four provinces, and our new three-year strategy, Project Horizon. We made, we made great strides with our Fresco and Farm Boy expansion plans and welcomed Longos to the family. 
Going, in, going into fiscal 22, we are up against the tough comp of COVID, but we saw how Horizon initi initiatives improved the comparison in Q4. Fiscal 21 was a solid year, and we are looking forward to what we will do in fiscal 22. And with that, Katie, I'll hand the call back to you for questions. Great. Thank you, Mike. Sylvie, you may open the line for questions at this time. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, if you do have a question, please press star followed by one on your touchtone phone. You will then hear a three-tone prompt acknowledging your request. And if you would like to withdraw your question, simply press star followed by two. And if you're using a speakerphone, we do ask that you please lift the handset before pressing any keys. Please go ahead and press star one now if you have any questions. And your first question will be from Karen Short at Barclays. Please go ahead. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about the overall environment. Um, so wanted to start with the promotional environment in 4Q and expectations for 1Q and beyond. And then I'm wondering if you could weave into what your thoughts are on inflation, both on the cost, uh, at, at cost and at retail um, in fiscal 22, what your perspective is. And then I had one other question. Hey, Karen. Uh, I'll, I'll take the uh, first question, then I'm going to throw it over to Pierre and Mike for uh, if they want to say anything on inflation. Um, and thanks for your question, appreciate it. We predictably see customers purchasing more on promotion right now this year for a few reasons that should be pretty obvious. One, because customers are not stocking up as they were last year. Um, two, planned shopping, planned shopping is increasing. And three, suppliers are more in control of their production and inventory um, than last year, not, not completely uh, back to normal, but more than last year. So there's more availability on the shelf in terms of the competitive environment, uh, it's always been a competitive environment, and uh, and we don't expect, uh, expect this to change. Uh, we're not seeing anything strange out there, and I don't think it'll be any different from pre-pandemic times as, as things get back to normal. So um, it's competitive, it's normal, and that's what we're seeing. Okay, and then on inflation, cost, and retail? I'll take it. Um, so you have to remember we're coming up with a complex quarter compared to last year. Definitely not a good benchmark for us. Uh, there are costs that have been added, added to various supply chains uh, across the world. Some of those uh, were temporary. Some were not, for sure. So suppliers always ask for cost increase. And we have since we have seen our share of those. We are not accepting all uh, price increases as usual. And we think the business in general is returning to more normal, which should result in a more normal inflation rate over time. Okay. And then I wanted to just ask a question about Freshco. Um, so I'm wondering if you could just elaborate a little bit on what, if anything, changed from an execution perspective for the, the fiscal 21 class of stores to improve the profitability, or is that really just more a function of the pandemic helping with an improved profitability profile? 
So it's not the pandemic. Uh, you know, the uh, our discount stores uh, probably would have done better uh, uh, without the pandemic impacts. Uh, it was, you know, very hard to open them, hard to staff them, and uh, and, and starting a new business in a new geography was uh, was very difficult for the management team. And they did an amazing job uh, opening the stores they did uh, under the conditions that they had to deal with. So, so uh, certainly they would have preferred to have done all of that uh, in a more normalized environment. Uh, the um, the reason that our, our second year of stores are doing better is about you know operational excellence. Uh, when you when you start in the market, you, you know you've you've got a new management team, you've got a new franchisee. Uh, the uh, the competition response uh, is uh, is not is not entirely predictable, and and you're you're learning. You're just you're just learning lessons, and um, and realigning your supply chain. You know, uh, receiving product out of new distribution centers. So as you roll into the as we roll into the second year, and and improved the efficiencies, uh, you know, moved our labor rates to where our targets were, uh, got a bit smarter with our promotions. All of that was experience that our new franchisees and our new management team in Western Canada were able to apply to the second year of, of, of stores. So uh, it really is just more miles on the saddle, uh, a management team that found its rhythm. And, uh, and franchisees who uh, who were able now to learn from each other, from other franchisees in the same region, and uh, you know they're they're all excited. They're doing an amazing job, and uh, and we're we're actually very happy with uh, with the progressive improvement that we're seeing uh, in all of those stores uh, in Western Canada. Okay, and then just last one for me in terms of the um, gross margin. Obviously, you talked about promotions resuming, but that was offset by Project Horizon benefit. Wondering if there's any way you could quantify the Project Horizon impact on the in basis points. And then on that note, um, obviously you had dilution from voila in this year. But when I look at the two-year gross margin change versus the prior versus 2019, um, it was down pretty meaningfully, and I don't think that that is explained by dilution. So the um, a lot of the voila uh, impact in SGNA, um, and uh, and uh, in fact the, the voila gross margin is is quite healthy. The um, uh, the impact or the amount of uh, of horizon benefits are very hard to separate out and, and, and put a number to. Uh, you know we we're going to be in the in the position that we'll certainly give you. A, a perspective on how we feel about the success of those initiatives, um, but you know we're going to need to be judged by our, our sales increases and our margin rate, and uh, and we you know the uh, the offset that we referred to was last year, the margin rates we felt were artificially high because uh, of the everyday pricing uh, that a higher percentage right. of the basket was sold at, um, right. and we made we made the up. You know, and more so than this this quarter, and we made up that uh, headwind with uh, with improvements and efficiencies in, in our promotions work. That was mostly uh, the analytics and the uh, and the work we've done on our, on our horizon initiatives. Okay, great. Thanks very much. Thank you. Next question will be from Patricia Baker at Scotia Bank. Please go ahead. Oh, thank you very much for taking my questions. Good afternoon, afternoon, everyone. Michael, I just want to follow up a little bit on uh, a comment you made in your opening remarks. 
you know, one of the underlying tenets of Project Horizon is that the initiatives that are embedded in, in, in Project Horizon um, are designed to drive market share increases. And you, you, you stated that you, you, you expect that you'll be able to uh, sustain the majority of the market share increases that you saw uh, in, in, the last, uh, uh, in the last year. And I'm just curious about what will be the drivers of that? And then more importantly, uh, are, you, are you doing anything special to try and keep the new, the, the new, the new customers? And, and is there anything there that you can share with us? Yeah, I'll, I'll take that great question. And, and I'm going to answer the first part. I'm, I'll see if Pierre wants to answer and give away anything to you on the second part. I'm going to separate into <laughs> two pieces. I'm going to separate out COVID and I'm going to separate out Horizon because I think they're two different moving pieces. Uh, customers turn to us uh, during the pandemic more than others uh, because uh, we had the products and they felt we were a safe place to shop and that our operations were incredibly efficient, productive, more than any other time in our history. So we gained market share through that. We brought in new customers who saw the value in what we were doing. Um, in, in, in terms of pricing, in terms of offering, um, and we believe that we'll retain a good portion of those customers afterward. And we've done everything we can, some of which Pierre will not tell you, to retain those customers. So, good. So even if nothing else is happening, good. We got more market share than we had two years ago. Um, now, turn to where we are compared to pre-pandemic and even compared to last year in terms of um, our operations, um, our merchandising, but especially our Horizon initiatives that are going to go. And most of what you're seeing right now from Horizon, almost all of it is margin improvement, because we said that margin improvement would be in the first year and a half. Then in the last half of Horizon, especially the last year, you start to see even more market share. So right now, it's the operations and merchandising, plus that we had more customers try us out like us, um, that has driven the market share, and then we'll build on that and grow market share through our Horizon initiatives and improve. I mean, Pierre is always improving, and so is Mike Denton and, and everybody else in the company. Um, and uh, and now we got Mongo, which Farm Boy is always great. Um, but uh, that's so that's what I want to separate out because these are two different moving pieces. So gain market share, we're going to keep a good portion of it, and then we're going to go after more. Pierre, what do you want to say to Patricia? Anything you want to elucidate well, on? With you, pretty well said. Um, so we saw a change in customer behavior during the pandemic, and uh, we strongly believe that we keep some of those post-pandemic. Uh, we saw some interesting growth in some category, and it's where we're seeing good stickiness. Uh, I think customers discovered better offering we have been able to build over the last two, three years. So I think we'll benefit from that going forward. Um, and, and yes, Michael is right. Uh, now we're focusing on Horizon, margin expansion through different initiatives and pricing, promo, own brands. And now we're working to uh, continue improve our productivity per, set, per, per square foot. So um, we, we're in much better shape than we were pre-pandemic and uh, we keep uh, as much as we can from those increases. Okay, thank you very much, both of you, for that. I just have a follow-up question. This on voila and your uh, 
plans to uh, roll out another 90 of your uh, store pickups uh, in, in, in fiscal 22. I'm just curious whether uh, that would have been in your original plans or were you guided by the experience that you had with the first 30 to roll that out faster? Um, if, if I understand you correctly, Patricia, I just want to make sure I understood the question. Um, mm -hmm. are, are you saying that the rate of, of, uh, of improvement was in our original, original plans, or are we going faster than what we'd originally uh, anticipated? Are you going faster than you anticipated oh, okay. because you might have seen good experience with the first ones okay. that you opened? Yeah, it's closer to what our original plans were. I'd say if you had to say, okay. are we going slightly faster or slightly slower? Or actually, probably slightly slower, just because um, uh, it's it's just limited by the pace at which we can uh, put the new processes into each store. Um, but we, mm -hmm. we like the outcome. Uh, we've we've seen good volumes, and uh, and our customers really like it. And uh, and so that's what's that's what's driving us to to put it into more stores. Okay, excellent. Thanks, Patricia. Thank you. Next question will be from Kenrick Tai at ATB Capital Markets. Please go ahead. Thank you and uh, good afternoon. Um, Michael, you called out in your comments, uh, you know, the, the IJ.com, your Quebec business online, doing seven to ten times, uh, you know, last year would have done the year prior and obviously cooled off this year. Could you provide any insight on, you know, while obviously you, you saw a, a decrease in that business, how that settled out? with respect to your relative share in that market, uh, understanding obviously you didn't put up the same sort of growth numbers as it did. And then, you know, a, a follow-up to that would be, how do you think about, you know, moving that business forward as you uh, launch, you know, uh, your voila offering into that market, uh, you know, late, later, later this year and sort of throughout the forecast window here? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that we've, um outperformed the market in terms of the, in the markets that we've competed in in e-commerce. Um, and you got to remember in Quebec we had a we had the number one market share um, we still have the market number one market share and that it's just moving depending on how safe people feel leaving their homes and if you think back and when you're talking seven to seven nine ten times you know the volume that you would normally do do I mean that's, that's first of all unsustainable and it's it is strange right and um, and and so that was always, I mean, we knew that was going to come off that kind of high. But what we're seeing is that um, that the volumes in all of the markets uh, in e-commerce are, are remaining at a higher level than they were, much higher level than they were pre-pandemic, but off the, the heat of what that was. Um, and we're also, um, and, and, and you know, you asked about um, Quebec CFC and, and our confidence in that. Um, you know, it's a different situation. Um, in that market, we're going to be able to, you know, transfer over customers to a, an even better solution and take more customers from our competitors. And what we also see is that, um, uh, look at Katie, see if I'm allowed to say this, but we, uh, we see that uh, um, customers that start shopping on us in e-commerce um, spend uh, more than one and a half times uh, more weekly with us overall, and these become our most loyal and our best customers. Very few customers shop only one way, especially in Quebec with us. They shop, you know, they shop bricks and mortar and they shop e-commerce. Um, so Quebec is, uh, 
is is I wouldn't say easy because it's not never easy, but it's we have already the biggest market share that will transfer transform over to um, transfer over to uh, voila, and then it's efficient, makes more money, um, better service to our customers, and then that translates to our brand and to our bricks and mortars. So it's a that's a win-win-win. I'm I'm really happy about that one. Great, thank you, Michael. And then if I could, just one more question. Just on the inflation discussion and, and any and sort of the expected normalization of you know sort of consumer behavior, uh, increased uh, you know restaurant uh, restaurant visitation, et cetera. How do we think about the evolution here, or how are you thinking about the potential evolution of food inflation, given that one of the overhangs over the last you know period has been the you know the sort of the supply chain and the redirection of a lot of fresh and related into grocery and out of of restaurants, and clearly, you know, there'd be increased tension or tightening of the market potentially um, as, as more restaurants get back to something approaching normal, you know, hopefully sooner than later uh, from a social point of view, but perhaps not from, uh, you know, any other reason. Yeah, I mean, Pierre and I are looking at each other. We don't think it'll be a, a major impact on it. Thanks very much. I'll leave it there. Thanks, Kendrick. Take it easy. You too. Thank you. Next question will be from Irene Natal at RBC Capital Markets. Please go ahead. Thanks, and, and good afternoon, everyone. Um, as you were walking through sort of the, the improvements that you've made um, that are driving some of those market share gains, you mentioned private label, and, and wondering um, where you are right now with complements, how you feel about that complements relaunch, and whether it, it achieved your objectives. Very good question, thank you. So uh, we now refer to private label as own brands uh, at Empire. So uh, own brand remains strong in the basket. Uh, very happy with our progress. Rebranding is going extremely well. Uh, the business is generating improved results and penny profits are improving in own brands. It's a huge opportunity and we know that since Bit for us across the country, um, and and we're still working on it. So, and as I've mentioned in the past, penetration is not our main focus in own brands. It's about playing the right role in the category and the profitability byproduct. That's 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 our main purpose, and it's how we behave and it's how we drive the business actually with with that group. That, that's really helpful. Thank you. And um, can I take it from that, from your comments, that you are in fact, um, that you are in fact able to achieve the margin advantage with your own brands that you have been targeting? Absolutely. It's a one of its own brand program is one of the initiative of Horizon. So, own, own brand will contribute to the margin expansion. That, that's great, thank you. And then just uh, switching over to uh, to Freshco, you noted both in the release and in the remarks that although the stores in Western Canada are not delivering a material EBITDA uh, contribution, they are certainly outperforming um, the conventional stores they're replacing. So how should we think about, um, I guess, the maturation cycle of those stores and, and the path to delivering a more meaningful EBITDA contribution? I think uh, I think the easiest way to put that, Irene, is, is as we, we as we gain more uh, critical mass in the markets, uh, we expect the um, we expect the, the efficiencies to improve in all of the stores. Uh, 
uh, we we do have, <clears throat> excuse me, um, a point of view as well that that as restrictions uh, continue to ease, particularly in the West, uh, that we'll be in a in better shape to uh, to increase our sales and and uh, and increase the you know the number of customers in the stores. Uh, so it it really is just just consistent increase and consistent improvement. So as I mentioned, the stores are on a good uh, cadence and a good uh, rate of improvement, and really it's just continuing that. That's great. Thanks, Mike. And then just one one final one. I know it's been what about about I guess six weeks <laughs> that that long goes has officially come into the family. Just wondering about sort of anything you might be able to share with us in terms of you know thoughts around the integration, around you know sharing of best practices, around you know just anything you can share with us. Yeah, sure. Sorry, not First the integration all, because I know that it's a very long, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, um, and uh, you know it's early days, but it we're it's we had great plans, um, Anthony and his team and and uh, our team in terms of um, how to work together. Um, we identified synergies. We're working on getting those synergies. Um, uh, we're working together and in, in, in discussing ways to run supply chains and and, uh, and comparing notes on e-commerce. And I got to tell you, uh, um, both Farm Boy and Longo, they're like it's like a treat to uh, to partner with them. Um, and and uh, you know, as always, our goal is just we're a, we're a big company and we're hungry, and just not to drive them too crazy. And once again, we're doing you know we're simple folk, Irene. We're simple folk. We just if something works, we just keep doing it. And uh, the farm boy went so well, and we I mean, what did we do? We went to JL and Jeff, and we gave them a menu. And what do you want to what do you want to pick from the menu? And uh, and and they and they chose it and Longos is, is is looking at the menu too and and they got to figure out how much they want to eat at one time but there's just so much when you bring these companies together and to have leaders like JL and Jeff and Anthony Longo I mean these are pros um, they know what they're doing um, and in fact I think Pierre and JL had dinner last night together and they were talking private label and produce and and just what what you know forget what we can bring to them what they can bring to us has been awesome. And when Pierre talks about own brands, a lot of it is our learnings from uh, Jeff York and JL, along with our great team. It just keeps getting better. So it's just not that's not something that keeps me up at night. Didn't think so. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. Next question will be from Michael Van Eist at TD Securities. Please go ahead. Hi. Good afternoon. Um, hey, Michael. I wanted to talk, uh, go back to that, uh, what you're seeing in the quarter and what you're seeing for fiscal 22 so far. But because um, you, you talked about in, in the gross margin discussion, you talked about some mix, uh, pressure on the margin from mix between banners. So I'm assuming you're talking about uh, a shift towards discount uh, as already started. Is that accurate? Uh, in terms of the mixed comment, that that would that would be correct, um, but relatively minor in the quarter. Okay, so has that picked up recently as we've seen cases come down and mobility increase? And and what are you what are you doing to try to to keep that customer? Because you, you did mention that you know you plan on keeping a lot of that market share. Is your are you fighting to keep that market share within the conventional banner or to capture it in discount as they as these customers? 
uh, change change channels. I think uh, I think it's a lot of it. What Michael just said uh, previously is uh, you know the customers are in our stores. The the number one prize is to is to use our improved execution, uh, like the new banners that we have in Farmboy and and uh, Longos, and, and of course the, the new stores we have in Frisco, uh, to maintain them within the uh, the Empire ecosystem. And uh, you know, there's clearly over time, as consumers shop more banners, uh, we're going to have to be sharper, and uh, and we're we're going to have to execute well, but we set ourselves a target of maintaining and sustaining as much of that sales uh, benefit as we can, and, uh, and and it is really about execution and, and making sure that all of our horizon work, particularly work we're doing on analytics, um, uh, personalization, and, and other initiatives like that uh, keep the uh, keep the customers within, within the Empire family. Yeah, I don't want to, I mean, I think that's a good answer to Mike gave. I just don't want to overstate it. Sometimes, you know, these things are very small and incremental, and they start, And but when you read them in, no, it's not a slam in the media, but when you read them in the media, they seem like huge, titanic shifts, which just don't happen like that. So, Michael, we, we can't comment on quarters before the one we're talking about, but, but you know, things things change very, very slowly in, in this business, and customers are, are very sticky. Um, and but I also want to say, like we were growing market share pre-pandemic, we grew market share uh, through the pandemic, and we int intend to grow market share post-pandemic. The issue is um, how much of that, and we don't have every answer. We, we we try to have a crystal ball, but and we've been pretty darn good, as I've said, since the beginning of the pandemic. It's just trying to get how much returns to a little bit of normal. And how much doesn't? And that, and and you know, and, you know, and, and you guys have your own guesses. We have ours. Um, we're, we're bullish, but we do, you know, we're realists too. We know we know what we can keep and what we're not going to keep, and then we go after some more. So I just don't want to overstate it. It's just not as titanic as as, as people make it out to be. Okay. Um, on the uh, the e-commerce side, so you, you've got your first spoke location up and running. Can you discuss the economics of those locations? Um, you know, what are the key benefits in delivery time or costs or whatever? And, and are these are these also initially dilutive and then they and then they uh, improve profitability with volumes as well? I'm assuming. Uh, so the the primary reason for spoke. Michael is to first of all improve your range, which uh, which, uh, which which they do. The second, but really more important reason for having one is to reduce the congestion at the um, at the CFC. Uh, you know, as as the volumes increase, it's just it just becomes logistically impossible to to have you know all of the small cube vans waiting and lining up. To take each of the uh, orders away every every um, every day. So the economics of it for us is as you get to a point where your congestion at the CFC, mostly vans loading, uh, uh, becomes uh, significant. That's when the scope make the spoke makes sense, and then you would reduce the congestion. 
Bespokes are not massively expensive. They're relatively small pieces of real estate. Um, they're you know, principally cross-dock facilities, and and they don't, you know, in terms of the the total results of the Walla business, they're not that material in terms of changing the trajectory of the earnings. So the Voila business doesn't see a dip in the earnings when they open a spoke. Um, that that shows up on the radar. Um, I mean, I'm not downplaying the impact because you know it is part of the business model, um, but they're just not at the same level of cost and complexity as obviously as the as the, the, the big CFCs. Does um, it your yep. your delivery times? Um, it it at the margin, uh, at, at the margin. Uh, you know, we've um, we've still we still need to take the product from the CFC to the spoke, and you've still got that transit, which you don't save. Um, it's not a the, the spokes are not significant uh, inventory locations. That's still the CFC, and so yeah, at the margin, it'll improve your time. Uh, it, uh, it's it it really it really improves the efficiency more than it improves the time to deliver. Okay, and how many do you expect to have of these when you get to the scale that you expect over the next few years? Uh, I think, um, and I, 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 I reserve the right to be wrong here, but I, I think the, the plan was roughly four in the GTA, um, but uh, you know, plus or one on either side of that, plus or minus one on either side of that. Okay. And then, uh, and then we would also, sorry, we'd also have a scope, a spoke, sorry, uh, in uh, to service Ottawa, as well. Okay. And actually, last question: uh, When you start, um, I guess going forward now, will Longo's uh, revenues be included in your same store sales over the next four quarters, or are you going to wait till they've been there for 13 months or four, 12 months? No, we'll include them. Okay. Excellent. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Next question will be from Mark Petrie at CIBC Capital Markets. Please go ahead. Yeah, thanks and good afternoon. Um, I just wanted to follow up here just with regards to the comments on private label. Is it fair to say that you're still relatively early days in terms of the overall contribution from that initiative to the horizon targets or is the progress material at this point? Um, it's early. Uh, we followed roughly the same press, the same process we we did for category reset. So we we doing things by waves, by categories. We completed wave one, so that will hit store in the near future, and then we're working already on wave two and wave three. So wave three will be in September. So during the year, we should see incremental margin expansion through these initiatives. So early days so far in our in our margin. Okay, thanks. And then uh, with regards to the efforts on uh, promo effectiveness and efficiency, I guess supported by data analytics and new initiatives there, would you say that the gains so far have been pretty low-hanging fruit and improvements from here get a little tougher or how are you looking at that? No, I think uh, very encouraged by the adoption of the tool by the team. Um, uh, some surprise, obviously, because uh, the engine is very powerful to crunch a lot of data. Uh, 
Um, no, I don't think there's low-hanging fruit and more difficult things. I think that will be a, a constant progress, and it's all about every single promotion. And uh, we have different seasonalities, so over time, we will continue to improve uh, our ROI on promotion and on any investment on both sides, on our side and on the supplier side. So we're very pleased also with the, the support from our supplier partners. They are highly interested by a result we have so far, and uh, we will improve both uh, ROI uh, both on both sides, the ROI for them and for us. So mi more meaningful promotion and more efficient. Okay, thanks. And then I got a couple questions just on Vola. I'm just wondering, um, you know, when what have you seen with regards to customer retention, uh, and and what are the patterns that you've seen in terms of you know people trialing Vola and then evolving their shopping um, as your execution has also evolved? Yeah, I mean we're we're seeing incredibly high rates of retention. So the key is to get someone to try Vola. Um, and once they try it, the, uh, the level of retention is extremely high. Um, and then as they progress, they buy more and more um, product from us and a higher percentage of their total shop. Um, and and it, in many cases, a very high percentage of the total shop. Um, as you, you may have seen, because uh, you follow these things pretty closely, Mark, that our, um, our product choice, especially on fresh, is, is, is really good now. And that we're seeing that really pop, um, and so now all the metrics are good. Just you just it's get get someone to try it, and uh, they, they most of them get hooked. And and relative to your expectations or plans, how aggressive you be, have you been in ramping up the marketing and promotion side of it? I guess both, you know, around retention, but also around attracting new customers. I think I'd say medium. I'd say that you know because. Scale to us is really important. We want to attract the customers, but we don't want to do it stupidly where we're just we're just getting customers because we're offering some ridiculous deal. We're offering value. We have delivery passes. We have um, um, we have uh, all sorts of offers that are really innovative in terms of marketing to customers. And we just had our first anniversary uh, offer to our longtime customers um, as well. So. I'd say medium. I think if, if we really wanted to turn up the number of customers, we could be more aggressive, but I think we're doing it in a really smart way. Okay, thanks. And then just the last one, maybe uh, with regards to the, you know, sort of flattish outlook for EPS growth this year, and then the longer term or three-year target for 15% growth CAGR, um, can you just help us understand sort of what the key levers would accelerate uh, next year? I guess, you sort of, Michael, talked about same-store sales growth uh, or market share gains accelerating, but I would guess that would be supported by gross margins continuing to expand, and, and is better SG&A leverage a key part of the plan, or is it mostly uh, top line and gross margin? Sorry, Mark, I just had trouble getting off the mute button there. Um, uh, I think we've said consistently from the outset that we're going to be very focused on the SG&A line and reducing the costs, but a, you know, the, the majority of the improvement in Horizon over the next uh, few years, or at least over the, the, the Horizon period, is going to be in our top line and our margin rate. 
Okay, fair enough. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you. Next question will be from Vishal Sridhar at National Bank. Please go ahead. Hi, um, thanks for taking my question. With respect to your promo effectiveness uh, initiatives and your data analytics, um, is, is, is Empire's reliance on, on, a, uh, on a partner system for loyalty data, is that a hindrance at all, or, or, or are you able to get all the data that you need in the manner you need it? No, I mean, I think we've made great inroads with our partner, um, and, and, and look, it can always be better, and we're always looking for better ways to do it, but I think that the I think that the uh, relationship we had has been much, much better, um, and that we get we get a lot of data that we need. And some, and, and to be perfectly honest with you, Michelle, we have all the data in the world we need. It's a matter of what we do with that data, and and if that we do internally um, now, and that and it's fueling all of our horizon initiatives with that data. So, yeah, could it be a little better? Sure, but that's not that's not the sticking point. The sticking point is to take what we have and and, and make it. A Okay, and um, Michael, maybe uh, uh, thoughts on just strategic orientation. Um, you know, Empire's acquisitions mainly focused in the conventional arena. You know, uh, focused on uh, GTA, let's say. But uh, the fastest growing demo is um, immigrants, minorities, and, and they tend to shop at discount more. And wondering if this is something that uh, Empire reflects on, and if they feel their mix of discount and conventional is appropriate in the GTA. No, uh, well, I'll answer a few ways. One is, um, one is we're we're just digesting our partnership with Longo. Um, second, we feel that our um, offering to uh, uh, to all Canadians uh, it, it's, it's, it, it, it's shallow, but also um, initiatives that we don't talk a lot about because, in terms of our full service, is having. Is, is really great. We have great plans to be able to capture that. Um, you know, we're always looking for opportunities, I suppose, but I think that we have um, that the assets, especially in the GTA, uh, to to win the GTA. Um, we set out in 2017, as I said, in our strategic plan, knowing that we didn't have those assets and that we needed to grow e-commerce. And we've done, we've done everything we have to do now. We just got to execute the hell out of it. Okay, thanks. I'll leave it at that. Thank you. Thank you. Your next question will be from Peter Sklar at BMO Capital Markets. Please go ahead. Okay, thanks. Um, I just have a few quick, quick questions on Voila. Uh, Michael Vells, you said that it lost 18 cents for the full year, and I believe you gave the loss for the third, the fourth quarter, but I missed it. Four cents, Peter. Sorry, say that again. Four cents. Four cents. Okay. Um, and then, can you talk a little bit about the accounting for the launch of the Montreal CFC? Like it's it's launching in the next calendar year. Can you? Wh when is the launch date? And how do you deal with costs up until that time? Is everything capitalized, or are there expenses that are falling to the bottom line? Uh, so uh, we don't have an exact date. We're saying early in 22, um, uh, and uh, and we'll be more specific about that as the construction schedules uh, progress more, and uh, and we get um, a testing done with the installation of the Ocado uh, technology systems, um, because, and I know this wasn't your question, 
you know, we have a, a number of of customers, uh, many customers, uh, that we're converting over, and, and those customers need to see uh, as good or better experience uh, with the launch of the CFC, and we're going to make sure that we're 100% ready. So, so um, we're we're staying a bit flexible on the exact date of the first order because we want to make sure our customers have a great experience. Um, in terms of the accounting, it's uh, it's uh, as you might imagine, anything that is, uh, say for example, a design cost. Uh, or a uh, construction cost is capitalized. Uh, any of the back office uh, SGNA that we're adding, and we are going to be adding that uh, as we go through F22, would be expensed. Uh, and then any uh, any expenditures that that uh, Crombie uh, does on our behalf ultimately uh, is realized in the form of uh, at least when we take possession. Okay. And then um, Michael Medline, I believe I heard you say that you're you're going to try to convert people from IGA net over to Voila, the Voila CFC in Montreal. Is that correct? Yeah, in the territory where uh, the uh, Voila Path covers. So how does that work? Because I believe IGA is a franchise system in in Quebec. So So how do you deal with the franchisees on that issue? Um, I'll take it. Um, we had discussion with franchisee on that topic since many years. So uh, we all aligned on the purpose of having an automated CFC. Um, so the franchisee are well engaged in our strategy. We're not seeing any issue by doing it. By the way, we have a huge uh, uh, in Quebec market, and not only in our business, but in general, the uh, unemployment rate is very low. There's a lot of uh, shortage in retail in general. So uh, dealer will use their resources to serve customer coming in a store, and will serve e-commerce customers on the most and a more efficient way through a CFC. So it's a win-win. Um, through the CFC, we'll have more window delivery is open, so we have more chance to uh, meet the demand. And uh, like Michael said, the, uh, when we look at the profile of these customers, they're more loyal to the entire ecosystem uh, by 1.5 times. So there's a win-win for us, for them, uh, at lower cost and uh, in, the most, in a better efficient way. So these these things have been shared with dealers over the last two years, so we have very good discussion, we have very strong relationship with them, and, and uh, they're really well engaged in that strategy. Okay, and then just lastly, the CFCs require a lot of labor, particularly drivers, given the labor environment. Is that holding up, um, you know, the unfolding of these businesses at all? Labor is tight all over the place, but we're doing a great job being able to find uh, drivers and, and great people to work in our CFC and, and, and throughout our organization, but there's no doubt that labor's tightening. Yeah. Okay, that's all I have. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And your next question will be from Chris Lee at Desjardins. Please go ahead. Oh, thanks for squeezing me in. Just a one quick question on Voila. I, I know food waste is a big expense, and I know Cocado has best-in-class food waste stage of 0.4%. 
I'm just curious, where are you now in that journey for CFC1? And is improvement in shrink one of the key drivers to allow you to achieve EBITDA positive towards the end of uh, year three? Thank you. We're happy with, with our experience today. Uh, we started off, as you can imagine, Chris, uh, new business, and uh, the only customer was Michael Medline. Uh, you can imagine that, and he didn't buy everything that was available, so our shrink numbers uh, in the early days were high. Uh, as we've gained volumes and, uh, and, of course, got more comfortable with our customer, with our suppliers, our shrink numbers have reduced. And, um, and uh, I think it'd be fair to say that we're not at our targets, but we're getting much closer. Uh, so part of the improvement through F21 has certainly been shrunk, um, but it's not the most significant uh, driver of our numbers for F22 because the CFC is actually doing um, much better than when we started. And while they certainly can be better, it's tight today. It's just going to get tighter. Thanks very much, and uh, best of luck. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. Thank you. And at this time, Ms. Brian, we have no further questions. Please proceed. Great. Thank you, Sylvie. Ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate your continued interest in Empire. If there are any unanswered questions, please contact me by phone or email. We look forward to having you join us for our first quarter fiscal 2022 conference call on September 9th. Talk soon. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, this does indeed conclude your conference call for today. Once again, thank you for attending. And at this time, we do ask that you please disconnect your lines. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.